Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is Mary Shores. Mary is the founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar business, one of the most unique collection agencies in the country. Recognized as a leader of innovative thought, Mary has spent over a decade teaching businesses and individuals how to inspire others, create new ways of thinking, identify and achieve their goals, and take action to create truly meaningful results. She is the revolutionary founder of the groundbreaking Conscious Communication System, which produces positive results through positive action. Mary travels across the nation giving lectures and teaching courses and has been featured on local and national radio and television shows, podcasts, and blogs. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much, Kate. It is my absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Let's cut to the chase. You own a collection agency. Probably not one of the more glamorous or highly respected industries. How did you get into that? (laughs) Wow, you really do like to to cut to the chase. I love that. Um, Okay, so, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I mean, even at 9, 10 years old, I always knew I wanted to go in business. So as a matter of fact, when all the other little girls in the neighborhood wanted to play house, I actually wanted to play bank. So I would like make all this fake money. You know, it was the 80s. So, you know, I had to create it by hand and cut it all up. And then all the neighborhood kids would come into my garage where I actually had a bank set up and I had, they all had their own accounts and they would come through and like make deposits and withdrawals. And we would just, you know, of course I ran the whole town. So um, it was a lot of fun. So I guess it was always in me that I wanted to be a business person. And actually, I'm a second-generation debt collector. So my parents owned a collection agency while I was growing up. And that's how I became one of the youngest debt collectors um, in the world when I was only 24 years old. Wow. So demystify that for us. How does a collection agency work? That is such a great question. And I have to tell you, Kate, like no one's ever asked me that before. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's such a great question. So the way that a collection agency works is so um, it's actually, it's such an important function, believe it or not, because um, so many businesses could not survive without the dollars that we return to them. And believe it or not, healthcare is one of those biggest industries because they only have a 3% operating margin And, you know, think about it. They're the ones investing in all the new technology that is going to save our lives. You know, whether we have an illness or an acute something happens like a heart attack, like they really need their funds and they're suffering so much um, with the amount of funding that they get currently. So when someone doesn't pay their bill, then they turn it over to collections. And then what we do 
is we work with them to get that paid. And if they don't pay it, it will go on their credit report, which is really the most amount of a leverage that collection agencies have. There is an opportunity that perhaps it could go to court, but that's much, much more rare. And um, you're right, like um, in the industry, you know, like the tax collector in the Bible was not exactly a popular guy. So mm -hmm. one of the things that, or the thing that makes my agency so unique is that I just have a philosophy that I want people to feel good about paying their debt because having a debt is such a psychological burden. And it's a burden that gets in between someone, the person who has the debt, and living the life of their dreams. And, you mm. know, it's a burden on the creditor too because, Kate, I mean, has anyone ever owed you money before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And like, tell me, so when, if you, if you, if they weren't paying you, how did that make you feel? Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. It was a, uh, you know, it's a combination of you're mad at them or you're like, how am I going to handle this? It's very stressful. So as you can see, it's actually a psychological burden on both sides. So, you know, both sides are suffering. The creditor and the consumer are suffering. And I just feel like it's my mission to to help people get freedom from debt. Thank you so much for asking me that. Wow. Well, nobody is happy to hear from a collection agency normally, but you decided one day that the outcome you envisioned was that you wanted the next person who calls to be happier at the end of the call than they were when they called in. That seems like a counterintuitive goal for a collections agency. What led you to that vision and how did that work out for your company? Well, I have to, like, Kate, you are blowing my mind. You have really done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> So what happened was in 2005, I went to the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within workshop. So I um, totally drank the Kool-Aid and I became one of those firewalkers that you see on television. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned from Tony Robbins is what you focus on grows and always know your outcome. And you know, I think that a lot of people take advice like that and they think big, like what I want to focus on or what I want my outcome to be is to make a million dollars or a hundred million dollars or to become a best-selling author or, you know, they have these big goals. Mm -hmm. But I just, what hit me, what I wanted my outcome to be was I looked at that telephone and I had this moment and I'll never forget it. And I just looked at that phone and I said out loud, I want the next person who calls to be happier at the end of the call than they were at the beginning of the call. And in that moment, that is the beginning of the uh, system that I created. Wow. That's actually, that's great advice because you're right. People normally do think about the big picture. And in fact, um, it's just the next step, really. If you can envision the outcome for each next step, then that will lead you to your bigger picture. That's right. And it's, it really was a beneficial thing because the way that the brain works is when you ask questions like, how can I make this person happier by the end of the call? It, it leads you to some opportunities that you can try. Well, I had been super fascinated with neuroscience and um, what I began to learn 
was the power of words and the power of like what words we said in any given interaction with someone, whether it be face-to-face, on the phone, in a business situation, or a personal situation, that really everything we said to them was either going to cleanse that relationship or clog it. What I mean by that is either creates a connection or drives a disconnection. And that became like the framework of the system that I was creating where I did this study of words. And so I created this do not say list. Now imagine this for a moment, Kate. Here I am, a young debt collector, and I have made a policy that I cannot say the words no, not, can't, won't, however, or unfortunately. (laughs) What else is there to say? (laughs) I know, right? Well, I'll tell you what there is to say. What you can say to people is what you can do for them. Like instead of always, I mean, think about it. Every time you call the cable company or the airlines or the cell phone company, you know, I feel like everyone's just telling you what they can't do. And I just wanted to tell them what I can do. Awesome. So as with all my guests and my clients too, you had some painful life-altering experiences that left you questioning your path. Tell us about that. Well, Kate, I I definitely had my share of tragedy in my life. Um, Beginning when I was 16 years old, that I actually um, was out on my own at a very young age when I was only 16. My mother had gotten remarried, and she decided that she was more interested in being a newlywed than a mother, and she told me that I had to go. So really, she just moved in with her husband and then put the house up for sale. Mm, So I went through my senior year living on my own and had to grow up very quickly. And, you know, I didn't know anything about taking care of myself back in those days. But I did survive, and I ended up having a child at a very young age. When I was 19, I gave birth to Haley. But Haley was born with severe brain damage, and it was so profound that she lived in the neonatal unit for a month. They did not think she was going to survive, and she didn't even have the instinct to suck a bottle. So when she came Mm -hmm. home, I actually had to feed her through a gastronomy tube, and every four hours I had to um, suction her lungs, which meant I had to take a thin tube, and I had to... um, I don't know what the word would be, but I had to like stream it through her nostrils and down to her lungs. And I had to turn this machine on that would suck all the mucus out of her lungs. And it didn't stop there. So I had this gastronomy tube plus the lung suction machine. She was on 24-7 on a heart monitor, but she was also on something like 19 doses of medication per day. And this was not um, regular medication. This was stuff like morphine, phenobarbital, um, I mean, you name it. And I really Mm. lived in and out of the children's hospital. So, you know, we would go to take her to a doctor's appointment at the children's hospital in Indianapolis, and she would be admitted for a month. And so I would live there. I mean, I was 19 years old. I had no money. I had no nothing, but I would live there sleeping on the emergency room floors and, um, yeah, just getting through life. Haley passed away um, when she was a year and a half. And, um, I, you know, I, I guess from that moment on, I just really wanted to make the best out of my life. I, I had a different meaning 
to life after going through an experience like that. Hmm. Well, many people who have similar experience could feel like just giving up, like they'll like they'll never be happy again, like they don't deserve to be happy. But you didn't just recover, you were able to thrive. How did you do that? Well, and you know, I want to say that 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 feeling that you're talking about, you know, when you say a lot of people feel unworthy. I mean, I struggled with that all the time. And there are times that I still do to this day. So I have to fight that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, I have to have that conversation with myself every day. And one of the things that I do is I just always do what's in front of me. And I'm always asking myself, like, how can I get this done or that done? And, you know, one thing after another, I just set micro goals for myself. I always sort of start with the end result in mind and then reverse engineer a one page action plan of how to get how to get there. But more importantly, I think I was just always motivated internally to to keep going. Mm. Well, we've got to take a short break, but when we come back, conscious communication, can the words you use really change your life? Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest today is author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Mary Shores. Mary, you developed a system called Conscious Communication. Explain what that means and how you developed it. So Conscious Communications is the system that I developed that is all about making your customers happier by the end of the call than they were at the beginning of the call. And what this was about is that you, we kind of have three rules and three steps. And the three rules are you have a do not say list. And you want to replace those do not say list with words that work. And then you always want to say what you can do instead of what you can't do. Now, the important thing is, is like, how did this become a book? So, because what I'm really teaching about is personal development. And with the power of words, you know, we need to learn to reshape our words and, and, and from a disempowering state to words that are empowering. You know, one of my ultimate goals is I always want to be educating, empowering, and entertaining at the same time. And so this system is just a really simple, easy way of personal development. Or, you know, wherever you're at in life right now, there's always a way to get to that next level. 
And so conscious communications is a system that can take you, you know, with the power of your words to change your mind, your choices, and your life to go from where you're at now, overcome whatever that may be, to wherever you want to go next. Or, you know, maybe you're at the top of your game and you need to change your lifestyle because you actually want to dial back a little bit too. So you can use it for that as well. Mm. In the book, you take what some people might consider woo-woo concepts like your thoughts become your reality and what you focus on increases, and you provide scientific evidence to support them. Explain, for example, the reticular activating system and how neural pathways can be rerouted. Hey, I love these questions. So ever since I was a child, I always believed that science and now back in those days, I wouldn't have used the word spirituality because that would have been an unknown unknown word to me as a young girl. But Mm -hmm. I would say like science and religion were the same things, just using different language. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of like was always, sometimes I refer to myself as a gypsy scholar because I have this like scholarly side to me that loves to study the neuroscience, but I have this mysticism side to me that loves to study the spirituality. Well, what I've discovered is they're really talking about the same thing. So I want to talk about the neural pathways first, because in spirituality, you know, they always say go within. Well, in neuroscience, what they're beginning to understand is more and more about how the subconscious mind works and how the conscious mind works and how your neural networks work. So what this means is, I mean, think of a habit that you have in your life. I certainly have many, many habits, but whatever that could be, um, maybe it's like your morning routine. Then what this would mean is you have a neural network in your brain that drives that behavior. So it's always going to go from point A to point B to point C to point D. And this is the reason why people that are close to you in your life, you can always predict their behavior because their behavior is driven by their their belief systems and their neural networks in their mind that are that are just you know creating these behaviors every day and they're very difficult to change unless you know sort of like the secret sauce of how to get them changed now the the reticular activating system in personal development um it's been referred to for over, over 50 years the first place i saw it was in the book cyber cyber cybernetics um that was a big personal development book out, I want to say in the 60s and 70s. And so it was basically saying that when you give your brain a goal, like a set point, that the reticular activating system um, is like calling up the set of directions, like a GPS system, so that when you put in an address, that GPS system gives you the directions of how to do that. Well, the reticular activating system does the same thing. So if I set a goal, then what's going to happen is I'm going to start having these ideas come to me that are all the ideas that will get me this thing that I want. And kind of to illustrate this, I can use this analogy. Um, If you have time, do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Okay. So have you, do you remember like a year ago and two years ago on Facebook, there would be all of those word searches that would float around and they would always say like the first three words you would see are going to be like, you know, what your life is going to be like this year. Do you remember those? Uh (laughs) Okay. So I would do these little word searches and I would always get the same three words. Well, I thought that meant that everyone was getting those three words, like that somehow they had designed the puzzle to like 
make those words pop out at you. Mm-hmm. But really what is happening is that when you read something, so have you ever read a newspaper or a magazine article and it just seems like a certain phrase or a certain section like almost jumped out at you? Uh-huh. And you, you didn't read the whole article. You just read those couple sentences. But for whatever right. reason, that was exactly what you needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So here's like, here's something really interesting. You, when you look at the magazine or the newspaper or the word search or whatever, your brain has actually read every word on the page. And then you're just not conscious of it, okay? Because it's your subconscious mind that has taken in all this information. And then your reticular activating system draws your attention to the one point of interest you would have on the page. So that's the reason why when you read like a whole newspaper article, it seems like one certain section jumps out at you. And by the way, now that I've just told you this, this is going to happen to you like more and more. (laughs) It it happens to me all the time and I love it and I trust it. You know, that's the more important thing. When information comes to me, I just know that that was for a reason. And, you know, another fascinating thing about, about neuroscience that I've just been learning recently is, you know, we have all these old sayings, and one of them is, um, oh, like, birds of a feather flock together or something like that. Well, they've actually just recently discovered um, that whoever you surround yourself with, your brains actually synchronize to their brains. So if you want to improve yourself, one super easy way to do that is hang out with people who are smarter than you. Yeah. But will they want to hang out with me because I'm not as smart as them? <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing. This works even if, like, say there's somebody that you really admire or like. And if you go to their talk or you read their book or you even just go to their live event or watch their YouTube video, your brain is still synchronizing with them. Ah. I mean, it's just, it's such an amazing thing. And it kind of... You know, I think it explains a lot, like why we're drawn to certain speakers or somebody really, you know, resonates with you. It's because you've been able been able to synchronize your brain to theirs. Yeah, fascinating. Let's talk about gratitude. After losing a child and some other hardships that you talk about in the book, most people would have a hard time finding something, anything to be grateful for. But gratitude is an important healing mechanism that you say is crucial to turning your life around. One of the things that I love about gratitude is gratitude to me is a great place to start rewiring some of the neural networks in your brain. And the reason for that, and it's so important. So when I started my gratitude practice, you know, it wasn't because I wanted to have this like religious or spiritual experience. It it was truly that I wanted to change my perceptions in life and that I understand the way the brain works. And I understood that just by having the habit of finding three things that I'm grateful for every day, that my brain is going to continue to look for more things to be grateful for. So what I did was I started a gratitude group on Facebook and and it didn't start out that way. I actually was in another Facebook group and I just posted, hey, I'm looking for, you know, two girlfriends to share gratitudes with me. Well, I had over 40 women respond and I certainly did not want to read text messages from 40 women every day. So I started a group. 
and I put everyone, and this group is still up today. It's called Declaring Gratitude. Anyone can join it. And what I did was I put these women into small groups of four each. And so for the last three years, we've all been texting each other three gratitudes a day. And I can tell you that the three other women in my group have, we have all had life-changing transformations since the day that we started. I mean, obviously, you know, like I've got a book coming out. I had another one of my gratitude partners um, moved from, actually dropped out of her corporate job at Yahoo and moved to New Zealand to live in a commune, believe it or not. Like, wow. She just kind of took her eat, pray, love year, if you know what I mean. And, yeah, good um, for her. Yeah, more and more stories like this because the more that you do that, you just find out who you are on the inside and it begins to shift your life in in beautiful ways. And that's how you get that thriving part. Mm. There's an exercise in the book, 100 Things I Love About Me. I was asked to do something similar once in a mastermind group, just make a list of things that were great about myself. And I couldn't even come up with five. That was a powerful moment for me. I was not used to thinking about myself that way. And I suspect a lot of women, women in particular, would have the same experience. Why does this matter? Well, I first want to, I'm so glad that you said how difficult it was because I feel like when we first look at that exercise, it doesn't sound hard, but it is so hard, right? It is so difficult. And I was on a radio program. It was International Women's Day. Um, I, th- I want to say it was in 2014, maybe 2015. And I just sort of put out to the community, it was a local radio show, and I said, I want all the women to write a list of 100 things they like about themselves. And so for the next six months, everywhere I went, I was hearing that these women were having such a hard time writing this list. Mm-hmm. Well, I had been given this exercise to do from a relationship coach. And I can tell you, honestly, it took me a month to finish it. And the reason was is because you kind of go through this, you kind of go through this superficial layer. Like, I like that I have long hair. I like that I'm tall, you know, like these superficial Mm -hmm. things. Or I like that I'm a business owner. I like that I'm a mom. And what happened for me was um, it kept getting more difficult and more difficult because I had to get real and I had to find things that I actually valued about myself, you know, like that I actually put value on, like qualities that embodied something I valued. And that, you know, just became such a self-exploration project, which is why it was a coaching exercise that made it into the book. And I have to tell you, like, there's some sort of magic that happens because when I got to number 98 and number 99, the last two things that I had to write, I wrote Mm -hmm. number 98, I am radiant, and number, excuse me, number 99, I am radiant, and number 100, I am a magnetic creator. Or maybe I said, I am a magnetic manifester. What happened later was I was just, you know, going around about my day and like people started walking up to me, Kate, and they started saying, you are so radiant. Now, so listen, okay, everybody can get a compliment, but never before in my life had anyone said to me that I looked radiant. And then all of a sudden, when I wrote it down on that piece of paper, people were using that word over and over again. And Mm. 
I, I mean, it just still blows my mind to this day. There is some sort, and I don't even have a scientific explanation for this, other than, I don't know, like Jedi powers or something. There is some sort of magical power that happens when you write something down. And just by going through the exercise of discovering what you value about yourself, because we are supposed to love ourselves. It just does something. And I encourage all your listeners to do the same. Well, and I think there's also something to, you know, you have to see it in yourself before other people will see it in you. Oh, I love that. And, you know, you asked about why it works. And again, it's that that self-exploration that the more that you're writing things down, the more that your your brain and your neural networks are creating them and the more that you're looking for things that you value. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this earlier. Tell us about your cleanse or clog philosophy. So cleanse or clog is my very favorite chapter in the book. I think it's chapter five called to cleanse or clog. That is the question. And the reason it is so important and so powerful is because I feel like there's all these personal development and new thought teachers and leadership teachers who are always telling you how to be or like what you should be, but they don't Mm -hmm. tell you how to actually do it. And the steps in this book are designed to actually give you the practices and the procedures that you can take to actually get where you want to be. And so what I have come to realize is we're really creating our lives. You know, we live, we live in a country where we have freedom and we can do whatever we want to do. And we're building our life with every micro moment choice that we make every single day. And every choice you make is going to give you a slightly different outcome, different possibility or different probability that's going to happen. So like, for example, um, before the interview, I was telling you that, you know, I had to go over to Hay House and do a Facebook Live. Well, making that choice makes my outcome in life slightly different than if I hadn't chosen to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the thing is, but then how do you make how do you make choices that really connect you to your dreams? And that's what Cleanser Clog is about. So when I was at that Tony Robbins workshop, on the very last day, it was kind of the wellness day. And he was talking about how people get on these very complicated diets. And he said, really, all you have to do is look at a piece of food and ask yourself the question, will this cleanse me or clog me? And so Mm -hmm. it's really easy. Like if I look at an apple and say, if I put this apple inside my body, will it cleanse or clog me? Then the answer is, I know it will cleanse. But if I'm looking at a piece of chocolate lava cake and I put that inside my body, I know that I'm going to clog. And then I just, as I was teaching workshops, I started to say like, you know, everything you say in a relationship is either going to cleanse that relationship or clog it. Everything you do, every action you take is cleansing every area of your life, like your career, your personal finances, your personal development, your relationships, your self-care routines. Everything is cleansing or clogging. And what I really mean by that is that everything is creating a connection or driving a disconnection. It's like everything moves you closer to what you want in your life or moves you further away. And so I don't expect people to be perfect. So I have this thing I call the 80-20 rule, which just means, you know, try to make cleansing choices 80% of the time. And then 20% of the time, have your chocolate cake and enjoy it. Yes. Well, there's a lot more in the book that we don't have time to go into, including something about chocolate cake (laughs) and all the ways that you can make it. 
quickly, what are some of the other points or exercises that people will find in the book? One of my very favorite exercises in the book is also goes along with a lot of the ways, it's kind of like my secret success formula, has always been to write these one-page action plans. And so, so many people in business write these big, long business plans. Well, business in today's world changes moment to moment. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes depending on what business you're in, it can change month to month. And so we always have to be changing. And I love that I use these one-page action plans, and they work for me every single time. So the, that is um, the final exercise in the book. And what you do is you pick a goal or an end result that you would like, and you reverse engineer a one, only one page of how to get that done. And you mm. do it by asking yourself, what are six things that need to be true in order to achieve this goal? And then, you know, there's more instructions of how you take those six things and you unpack them to create three action items for each of the bullets. And then when you're finished with the exercise, you actually have a one-page plan that if you follow it and you take action, because, you know, I really want to inspire people to be taking action every day, just one step in a new direction of how to achieve their goals. And so the one-page action plan is something that I've been using for years. Like, for example, I used it to transform a department. One year, there was a department in my office that wasn't performing well, and I just used a one-page action plan to transform that department. I used it, you know, in times that I had personal goals, like remodeling my house or relocating, um, like for a relocation, you can use it. You can use it to lose 20 pounds. You can use it to make money. I've used it when I needed to hire people. Well, anyway, I could obviously go on and on with examples, but truly everyone should try to do the one-page action plan. Good advice. Simple, and don't forget that even when you have a plan, you still have to put it into action. <laughs> Absolutely right. And you'll feel good about it. When you have a plan, you know, a lot of times people ask me, what do you think stops people from actually taking action? And I think one of the big things is people just don't know what to do. Like we would, if we knew better, we would do better. Absolutely. Well, we're almost out of time. So I have to ask you, what one book or resource besides your own changed your life that you would recommend to people? Louise Hay absolutely changed my life. Her documentary, You Can Heal Your Life, was such a turning point for me when I saw it in 2012. I mean, I have so many others, but um, that's the very first one that came to me. So that's the one I'm giving you today. Awesome. If people want to find out more about you and your book, where can they do that? Well, my book is available on Amazon.com, Conscious Communications. We're actually in our pre-sale period right now. So we would love for anyone to go on and order the book, as well as um, you can find me on my Facebook page, MaryShores.com, LinkedIn, Mary Shores, basically anywhere on the Internet, Mary Shores. And we do have a free gift for your listeners. So you can find that on my website. Um, it's called Ignite Your Dreams. It's a personal development five-day challenge. And by the way, it does have the one-page action plan in the challenge. So grab that for free. Awesome. Five days. I think anybody could devote five days to improving their life. I do too.
Well, the book is called Conscious Communications, a step-by-step -step guide to harnessing the power of your words to change your mind, your choices, and your life. Mary Shores, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Kate. I really enjoyed being on your show today. We know that thoughts become things and that words are very powerful. Choose both carefully. I'd be interested to know how you would do if you eliminated Mary's do not say words from your vocabulary. When your reticular activating system kicks in, I bet you'll hear them everywhere you go now. Please leave a comment on the show page, follow the podcast, and share with your friends. If you'd like easy access to earlier podcasts or to see the recommendations of all my podcast guests, you can find it all on my website, firstclasslifesolutions.com. Next week, my guest will be Patricia Wangsness. Patricia is a real estate professional in the Seattle area. We'll be talking about her previous life before landing in this career in 2004, including flipping houses before it became all the rage, and the changes she's seen over 13 years in what is now one of the hottest markets in the country. I'll also be asking her about what she sees in the future. Are we headed to another market meltdown? I hope you'll join us. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.